Sports and Lifestyle with Ray J, where we just don't talk about sports, but we get into life too. You are now tuning into episode number five today. Welcome on back. So today I want to get into the MLB because I'm super excited about the Phillies. Bryce Harper was grabbed by them a couple of weeks ago. So I want to talk about that for a little bit, all the records that have been set since he's been brought to the team. I want to talk about how Le'Veon Bell lost in free agency this offseason. And then to wrap it up, we want to get into Life Hacks Part 2 because I had a really good time with that last time. All right, let's go ahead and get into it today. So Bryce Harper signed with the Phillies. Mega deal. 13 years. $330 million. May not be the biggest annual average by the yearly amount, but this is the biggest contract in North American sports history. This is a huge deal for the Phillies, who had their owner claim at the start of the offseason that he would be spending stupid money, and he not only delivered in that aspect, but he got the biggest fish in the pond, Bryce Harper. This is a huge deal for the Phillies who have already made contending moves for the division this offseason. And now you go ahead and you look at this fired up offense and they have to be considered the favorites in the NL East. Not only did you acquire the best catcher in the game this offseason, not only did you acquire a great young shortstop who knows how to hit over 300, that knows how to get on base, and not only did you acquire a savvy veteran that can help you get on base and do all the things in the field, hitting home runs, getting clutch hits, you've also added Bryce Harper, you've added marketing, you've added some swagger, and you've also added a huge chance to add Mike Trout in 2020. And for those of you that don't know the players that I am describing before, I am talking about the catcher, JT Real Muto, who the Phillies required in the trade for top prospects, and Jorge Alfaro. I'm talking about Gene Segura, who the Phillies acquired from the Seattle Mariners. Big steal of a trade, by the way. It's going to go very unnoticed, but big steal of a trade. You get that for Carlos Santana. You want to get that money out of there. And for Crawford, who was a terrible prospect, even though he was considered the next big thing. But you go ahead and get rid of them for a great young shortstop. And last but not least, Andrew McCutcheon was the last one that I was mentioning. Although I was not the biggest fan of this signing, I feel they gave him way too many years at four years, $50 million for a guy that was just put on a waiver trade deal back in August to the Yankees. He did produce at the end of the year, and it's always nice to have a savvy vet in the outfield to lead those young guys. You need a guy with playoff experience. But getting back to Bryce Harper and the huge possibilities that this makes with this deal, you have right off the bat marketing. He sold the most jerseys 
ever in the history of all sports for someone that had ever changed a team. 100,000 tickets were sold. Prices skyrocketed up. This is the things that you're going to get. You're going to get more marketability. You're going to get more media coverage. You're going to be that top prima donna when you have somebody in the game that is considered a top five player. And it's something that the Phillies needed for quite some time as they've been in a rebuilding mode and they've been stuck with average to mediocre veterans who they've been trying to let go. They've been saving the time and the money for all these years. They're finally letting it build up and they scored with Bryce Harper. And hopefully in 2020, they will go ahead and score with Mike Trout. Um, you want to talk about the interview, uh, Bryce Harper's intro interview. He was talking about how it would be a huge deal and how would he not ask Mike Trout to come on over to the Phillies. It would be one of the best outfield combinations in the history of sports, uh, hands down. You look at, I mean, the only competition which I think they would by far beat them would be Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge out in New York. Or if he becomes an elite player over the years, I do love me some Mookie Betts and I do love Andrew Benintendi. But you look at both of those combinations, but you put that versus two players that are possibly top five players in the game. Um, it's just no competition for me. And Bryce Harper, I think he knows the things that he has to work on in his game this year. His average really dropped down through the previous years that he had. But you just look through this whole Phillies lineup and they have so much that they could play with. Cesar Hernandez, you could go ahead and do a Joe Madden style lineup like the Cubs do. You could hit Cesar number nine. You could have Andrew McCutcheon lead off. You could have Gene Segura. At the two, Harper at the three, Hoskins at the four, Franco at the five. Or if you're not a fan of that, you could even put Segura at the leadoff spot. You could put Reese Hoskins at number two to get him more at-bats for the power. You could put Bryce at number three. You could go ahead and put Franco at four or Ramilto at four. I mean... The options are just insane as far as what you can do now with this lineup. And basically, it's all on the pitching now. That's all you have to worry about because you have a guarantee in Aaron Nola, but everything else is an absolute question mark in that rotation. But you have to be really, really excited after the signings that the Phillies did this offseason that they're finally tired of not being in the mix, and they're going to get back into the mix. Also, since we were talking about the records that Bryce Harper is helping the Phillies set, the spring tickets, we're talking about spring tickets. We are not talking about the regular season. We are not talking about the playoffs. We are talking about his spring training debut. Tickets skyrocketed so bad. They went up to 200 bucks a ticket on StubHub. Are you kidding me? 200 bucks a ticket for spring training? What do we think we have here, Murder's Row? So yes, I think I stand by an easy biased opinion on this one. I'm very excited for the Philadelphia Phillies future. Everything is on them now to go ahead and win this division and be a title contender once again. Pitching rotation just has to get it together or find a way to make a deal at the deadline for a bargain of an arm from a selling team. 
And I think you really have something going on as far as the Phillies are going to be happening this year. Uh, it's just tough to put into words the excitement because as a Philly fan, you cannot stand mediocrity for so long. It gets to a point where it gets tiring. And it's not that you don't you give up. You love your team. It just sucks because you don't want to go into the damn stadium anymore to watch your team suck it up or understanding that even though they are building for the future, it's just no fun to watch anybody lose. It's just that plain and simple, even when there's a goal behind it. I watch the Sixers game every year that they trusted the process before they had the 52-win season. I went all those years, and it's a great time, but you love your team and you understand what's going on. It's just losing sucks. Although the ironic thing when I went to those Sixers games actually um, – they actually found a way to win um, all three of the games that I went to while they were trusting the process. I'm talking about the days when Nerlens Noel and Michael Carter-Williams were leading the team. Talking about days where Jalil Okafor and they blew out the Trailblazers by 30 and Jalil Okafor is having fun dribbling like a point guard in the fourth quarter and we thought he was one of the futures of our franchise. So it just sucks as a Philly fan when you see there's nothing going on progressively. But now, finally, after all these years of not spending, after all these years of cutting payroll for the Phillies, it's finally starting to work out. You're finally starting to see a plan with this ownership, with this front office, with this team. Hopefully, Gabe Kapler is the manager that they thought he would be when they hired him. A lot of people question his decisions. But you have to understand with these new managers is going to come a lot of frustration because people are slowly transitioning to the fact that baseball has truly turned into an analytical sport. And it's not just baseball. I mean, all the other sports are coming along, but they're more so slowly but surely. But you could even see with the Philadelphia Eagles a couple of years ago, now going forward on 4th and 6th, if you are inside uh, the opponent's 50-yard line, uh, you see those kind of risks. They're starting to trend up. Or the call that Frank Reich made this year in overtime versus the Texans to go for it on 4th down instead of punting the ball and having a tie game, which a lot of people ended up criticizing him for. But at the end of the day, when you look at it, I actually think that decision really helped bring his team together and they strung along a huge win streak. Um, but yeah, MLB is a completely derivative-driven league as far as analytics are concerned. Uh, you have a lot of guys from up top calling the decisions, understanding how many innings they have to pitch, understanding how many at-bats a guy needs to have, uh, making sure that this thing doesn't happen in order for an injury to happen to the in, uh, hamstring. Or you can't throw this many pitches in a ball game because if you do this consistently, you will end up having Tommy John surgery. So uh, the MLB is a driven league uh, as far as analytics. And there's nothing you can do to stop that. So hopefully, all in all, the Phillies are slowly but surely bringing all the pieces together because I am really excited this year. When I can, I probably will be copying a Bryce Harper jersey. I am taking my father April 10th. They're going to be seeing the Phillies um, against the Nationals at Citizens Bank. So can't wait to see uh, 
wiping of the floor with the Nationals. And it's always nice to have that revenge series if you are a Bryce Harper. All right, so that wraps it up with baseball talk today. We are now going to switch it up to the NFL. We were talking about free agency and going over a lot of things in episode number four. So today in episode number five, I want to go over one signing and one signing only right now. A lot of players made out great in free agency. A lot of players actually made out way too good. Um, Trent Brown, probably the biggest example. I don't know what John Gruden and Mike Mayock were thinking. Uh, He's not even all pro. He's not a franchise left tackle. Uh, You go ahead and give him four years, 66 million with well over 30 million guaranteed. Uh, But I can tell you, probably he deserved it the most. But I think the biggest loser of free agency this year is Le'Veon Bell. The reason why Le'Veon Bell to me, is one of the biggest losers, if not the biggest loser of free agency, is that he went into this whole holdout situation with the Pittsburgh Steelers, sat out a whole year, took deferred $15 million because for some reason he thought an NFL team would be stupid enough to offer him either five years, $80 million or five years, $85 million because he feels that he is not just a running back, but he is an absolute all-out playmaker. And don't get me wrong, the man can catch the ball out of the backfield very well, but when you turn your back on your teammates, when you take a season off, you have to understand the rust that's going to put in your body. There's a difference between being in shape and being in football shape. When a report comes out that you ballooned to 265 pounds, these are the things that happen When you take a season off, if you're playing, these reports do not happen to you. But since you are not, you have the risk of running that and the report having validity to it, even if there is no validity. So what does he go ahead and do? He rejects in July of 2018 the Steelers contract of re-signing him for five years, $70 And I believe about $17 million of it was guaranteed. So a lot of people on the surface are looking at this Le'Veon Bell deal with the New York Jets. He got four years, about $52, $53 million, and he got $35 million guaranteed. So they're saying even though he didn't get the money that he truly wanted, he still won out because he got more guaranteed money. And this is where I'm saying that this is absolutely false And he lost. He absolutely lost because he deferred off a whole year of payment. And if you sign that extension with the Steelers, yes, the policy of the Steelers is to guarantee your first year. And then after that, they don't guarantee anything else. Basically, what other NFL teams do, especially in free agency period, they guarantee you about two to two and a half years worth of money. So that way... If they see your play slipping off or if they made a mistake signing you, they can go ahead and cut you loose a couple seasons after shortly. So the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're not too far off. What they just do, they just do one season instead. So you look at it, $17 million guaranteed. So you take that on, signing bonus, right? So he's probably pocketing probably... 
I would say, $25 million in his first year. The second year, he's in the prime of his career. He wouldn't have been released. That's This is the thing that people are missing because they're saying, oh, well, it's only $17 million guaranteed. It's not enough money for him. He got more guaranteed money with the Jets. Well, the biggest thing that, you know, if you're still producing, they're not going to cut you. They're going to cut you if you have absolutely nothing left in the tank. And I feel that Le'Veon Bell could have played last year, this year, and another year moving forward. But even let's just say he lasted two years on this contract, he still would have made just as much money versus the guaranteed money that he got from the Jets. And at least you go into it saying, you know what, I reset the running back market with a five-year $70 million deal. I've reset the market. I am now the biggest holder. I have the biggest salary in the entire league. And we go ahead and we move on from there. But he didn't do that. He turned his back on his teammates. He turned his back on the organization. He thought his agent knew what was best. And when you make risks and moves like these, you have to be right. You cannot second guess these decisions. So now what do you have? You now have a deal off of free agency that says you are not the best running back in football today because Saquon Barkley got to show himself off as a rookie, as a stud rookie. You still have Ezekiel Elliott that is playing fantastic football for a young man. You still have Todd Gurley who is off of that four-year $60 million deal that he just signed in the offseason, and he's looking like a complete mishap because he now has knee injuries. So, this is why another reason why you have to look at these guaranteed money with these running backs. And unfortunately, it's just the way of the business. Unless the NFL changes this, there's nothing anybody can do about it. So you can't really feel sorry or go out there and say, well, you know, they need to give them more guaranteed money because these running backs don't have this much of a shelf life. That may be true, but if the plan isn't changing anytime soon, what is the point to go ahead and argue it? And my point is, there is no point to make. So at the end of the day, I feel that he did not make out. He wanted to make out like his teammate. He wanted to, or well, former teammate, I'm sorry. He wanted to make out like Antonio Brown. He wanted to do what he wanted to do. He wanted no interjections from it. He wanted to be paid like the top playmaker, not a top running back, a top playmaker. He wanted five for 85. There was even a tweet that was later deleted where a Jets fan said, we will offer you $60 million cash, and Le'Veon responded, that is not enough for me to run for your football team. So not only have you backtrailed yourself from five years, 85 million, you backtracked yourself from $60 million with the Jets. And now look at you. You look pathetic taking this four-year $52 million deal because it shows what happens when you take a risk on yourself and you turn your back on a team and you turn your back on an organization. And it wasn't fair to the organization. And, you know, people always want to play this motto of you go ahead and say that, you know, when the team isn't loyal to the player, that's okay. Uh, but when the player is not loyal to the organization, it's a completely different miscue. 
Um, and I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess sometimes you could play that double standard, but I don't feel he was ever taken for granted by the organization. Um, him or Antonio Brown, their antics really got to a point. Uh, the Steelers really, really, really were lenient as far as these players and disciplining and making sure that their culture changed for the locker room because these two players ruined their locker room. Um, so you look at this deal at the end of the day and uh, for what Le'Veon Bell wanted versus what Le'Veon Bell ended up getting versus the running back market that was supposed to be reset last year, this man lost absolutely no doubt. All right, so that wraps it up for my NFL talk today. We are getting into the lifestyle section in here. All right, let's do it. So we got Life Hacks Part 2 coming your way. So let's get it started off with a couple of basic ones. Um, interesting right here. Your shoes. If you would like to turn a regular set of shoes into waterproof shoes you can turn beeswax and spread it throughout your shoes and bam you now have a set of waterproof shoes next one drying your clothes faster if you don't have a dryer and you need to dry your clothes uh, here's what you can do you can place your wet clothing on a dry uh, towel, roll it up with the garment inside, right? Pick it up, squeeze it as tight as possible to squeeze out the excess water. After you drain the water, then hang it up on your door or outside, wherever you want to go ahead and hang it up, and it should be ready to go within less than an hour. Um, next life hack if you want to remove a toilet bowl stain, I don't know if anyone knows this or not, but for me, working in the restaurant industry for years, seltzer is a huge, huge cleaner. I mean, if you put seltzer on something, it almost removes anything. So what they're recommending right now is Coca-Cola. Uh, a lot of people are drinking Coca-Cola, but... Uh, guess what? This is how good Coca-Cola is for you. If you let it sit in the toilet bowl overnight, if you pour a can and you wash your toilet with soapy water, that's going to clean out all of your toilet bowl stains. So, yeah, that's how healthy a can of Coca-Cola actually is. <laughs> um, the next one. So for my people that have issues with body odor, um, actually, I think we already did that one in part one. So let's go ahead and find something. How about this? Instead of body odor, let's talk about fresh breath. If you forgot to brush your teeth, my people, please do not do this. You do not want to accidentally talk to somebody in their face is one of the most disrespectful things to do. You do not want to hit them with that funk. But if by any chance you have had a rough day and you cannot get out, if you chew on an apple, that will help you with your bad breath. So thank me later for that one because it was absolutely huge 
that you do not greet somebody because that is just absolutely, utterly ridiculous. You do not have to do that to yourself or anyone else spreading all that bad breath around. All right, so a couple more life hacks. So these life hacks are for the people that cannot stand cleaning in their lives and they need an easier way to help themselves. So first one we're going to go ahead and talk about. Um, if you have made that boo-boo and you have dropped a plate or you have dropped a glass, apparently one of the very simple ways to go ahead and pick up these little shards of glass, because obviously you don't want you know to pick up a small fiber and have it get stuck inside of your finger, but you can go ahead and throw water onto bread and just a little bit of dampness and then press it on the floor where the fragments are and they will automatically embed inside of the bread. Next one is your blender. So instead of going ahead, cleaning your blender out, trying to get all the gook out, here is an easy way to do it. If you fill your blender up halfway with hot water, put a little dish soap in there, let it run a cycle. Now you have just naturally cleaned your machine out. You can go ahead, dump that out, give it a little quick rinse when it's done and complete. So nice, convenient way. Because sometimes those, the, let's just be real, blenders can be a true pain in the behind. Um bathtub one of my least favorite chores to do to be honest with you um one of the easiest ways to clean your bathtub is to turn away from the super expensive chemicals you don't want those in your life you want to get the water you want to fill your tub up from end to end get it all about like you know about maybe a quarter way filled not all the way filled and then Simply all you're going to do, you're just going to cut a grapefruit in half, sprinkle salt on to the grapefruit, and then just scrub it. Super simple, just like that. And that's going to get off all that debris that has been building up in your bathroom for years and years and years. And you thought you could do nothing about it, but guess what? I am here to change your life. I am here to change your day. You will be able to finally clean all that disgusting gunk out of your toilet. Okay, so that was cleaning the next part of life hacks. We're going to go ahead and talk about our students, our people that are building ourselves up, representing our country, and furthering their education. So, a couple of life hacks you could do to get yourself motivated. Let's say you are not a huge reader and you are not a huge studier. A quick study incentive. Take one of your favorite foods, maybe a small stack. It could be an almond. It could be chocolate. It could be a gummy bear. Put them in certain paragraphs so that way when you reach the paragraph. So let's say for every two paragraphs you read, you place a chocolate bar underneath that the next paragraph after two. Put that chocolate bar there. Reward yourself with some chocolate. So a little simple way to try to motivate yourself. Get to reading. The sugar bill is going to give you a little bit of energy. Just don't go too crazy with it. 
Um, if you are having an issue with your keyboard, all you have to do, sometimes those wonky pieces or those little plastic clips, they either break off, fall off, or they just don't do the trick. Get a couple binder clips and you can actually hook them on to where the, um, the plastic clips went. And it's actually a perfect replacement for you. Um, if you are short, of course, now drink responsibly, of course, please. <laughs> Next life hack. If you are one of those students that cannot have the motivation to wake up. A lot of people might know this because I know a lot of people that do this when they play their music. It's uh, <laughs> it's a ratchet way of uh, going ahead and having a portable speaker. But if you put your phone into a cup, it will allow the sound um, to come out much more vibrant throughout your house. All right, so that was a couple of student shout-out life hacks right there. Um, next ones I want to do a couple of uh, simple ones again, but very convenient for you. Um, the next one would be for a banana. Apparently, although I don't know, I believe that we've been doing this way for so long, but if you open a banana peel by pinching the end part and not the stem, this is actually a much easier way to open it. Me personally, I will be sticking to the original way. <laughs> um, if you are that person that is just went over a nail or something just happened, you're tired, doesn't feel right, and you're looking all over and you're not sure, the thing that you can do is you can get some dish soap and water and wash your tire. And wherever the leak is, you will see bubbles form. So that way you can find out where your leak is. So whether you're going to plug it um, or, you know, just address it with the dealership boom you have your fix right there all right and the last life hack i am going to share today for all of my cooking lovers out there the biggest problem whenever we are cooking onions is the preparation chopping the onions right we always see the jokes and um you know episodes or games where they're crying when chopping the onions. How can we stop that? It is this simple. You literally, all you have to do, soak your onions in cold water for 30 seconds, and that residue will not contain and fulfill you and allow your eyes to become overwhelmed with tears. So that is the last life hack today in our lifestyle section, and that is going to wrap it up for episode number five what are your thoughts on the Phillies? What are your thoughts on Le'Veon Bell? Did he really win? Or do you feel like me and he just flat out lost? By the way, if you have forgotten, you, I do have a website. It is rayjenkins74.wixsite.com. If you ever want to take the time to check that out. Or you can go on that website. Or you can go on my Instagram, rayjenkins seventy four. Or you can check me out on SoundCloud where I post these daily as well. The reason why I recommend the website, it's just the most simple way. 
and it gives you a link to all those platforms. It also gives you a link to email me if you ever want to let me know your comments or what you are feeling about the show or how it could be improved. So I just want to thank you all so much for your time. I know some of these things that I've reported on, they aren't the most brand new, aka Bryce Harper. This happened over almost two to three weeks ago, but I really wanted to let that be known and let it get out there that I am really excited as a Philadelphia Phillies fan. It is our time this year. We are getting back into the playoffs. I am guaranteeing that right now. I think a fair over-under for wins this year for the Phillies. I am going to set that at 89 this year. 89. Over-under, and I would personally take the over. I think they will win 91 games this year, and I think they will win the division. So with that, it is a wrap. Thank you. Have an awesome night.